This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Hey, man, it's so easy, folks. Did you know you can find us right from your TV? Easy stuff. Bell Channel 49 and Kojiko Ontario customers, you guys can find us over on Channel 596. Visit ami.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Mufin. I know we say this a lot this time of day, every other Wednesday, that we're hungry. We go into this segment hungry. We come out hungry. And most of the time, we're not really snacking through this segment. But today, I am. You, hold on. Hungry. You're what? What? I'm not snacking through the segment because, you know, we're actually talking to our guests. Well, you still get just as hungry. Yeah, I definitely still get hungry. But today, I'm for real hungry. Okay. I'm not just saying oh. that. Oh, no. I know, it's pretty bad. But anyways, we're not hangry yet, and we're not going to get hangry. Let's bring on Mary Mamaliti of Kitchen Confession. If you're like me, the kitchen is your favorite room in the house. I'm Mary Mamaliti, here with a handful of goodies from my kitchen, including food trends, cooking tips, and of course, some delicious recipes. Mary, how often do you do this to yourself? Like, just by talking food? I mean, I scroll through videos, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, and just seeing other people talking about food makes me hungry. And you're talking about food a lot. I'm hungry all the time. Okay. <laughs> all the time. But I'm so we, contemplating. We... I am. I'm contemplating putting snacks strategically all over the house. Well, oh, I was just thinking, brutal. picturing you sitting there, talking, doing these hits, to, talking about on these meetings for, for, for Dish With Mayor, anything, anything. And they're not being a, too far away, a bowl of something. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a bowl of <laughs> celery or carrots or broccoli, because can you imagine if it's just bowls of chips everywhere? Not well, today was Today was the first time I actually tried these, like, dried okra. Oh. Chip kind of okra? things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I grew up eating that. Did you? Yeah, it's so good. They're good. It's the only way this I This was I my first. Because every yeah, other so bird good. is really bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, um, okra's really healthy, so people have found, like, all over the world ways to eat it where it's not so bitter <laughs> yeah it's so dried it's not bitter exactly or they, yeah or do they it's um, still bitter but or it, do they make it healthy and salt it or sugar it down exactly <laughs> just to add other things to it you know yeah exactly so the salt kind of helps with that but yeah the bitterness is just kind of goes right down yeah cool i'm glad you tried that okay so yeah. today we're stepping aside from the food part just a little bit, but we are still in the kitchen. Uh, we're talking about safe kitchen techniques for the blind or low vision home cook. We are. Awesome. We Where are. Start? So, I mean, over the years, I've cooked countless meals and I've had to modify how I do certain tasks in the kitchen. And I wanted to share some of the few that are most asked um, with all of you because I, you know, when I do it every day, I don't realize that I'm making these modifications. But then when I start looking back and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I do do that differently. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what all of us do. We make these modifications, which becomes the norm for us, um, but realize that it's probably something that could help someone else. So I want to start with an onion. Um, there are many ways to chop an onion, but we all know that all chefs, we use they use their fingers mm-hmm. to guide the knife, right? So we're going to do something similar. So we're chopping an onion. Use a sharp knife. If you're not comfortable with sharp knives or large knives, use a serrated knife, 
a smaller serrated knife because if that's more comfortable in your hand, the serrated may actually help you. Right. Um, right. And we're going to use our fingers to guide us. So we're going to feel for the ends, chop off the ends of that onion, and then cut that onion in half. Remove where remove the actual um, you know like that papery outer layer. Mm-hmm. I think is the best way I can describe it. Yep. Remove that. Place the cut side down on your cutting board. And then what I want you to do is hold that half down. So you're going to use your pinky and your thumb to stabilize that onion so it doesn't move around on your cutting board. Place your other fingers on top of curl those tips of your fingers in where your knuckles are kind of resting on the food. Tuck in your thumb and your pinky because you want to keep those safe from that knife. So basically it's like a, it's like creating a line or a wall, let's say. Mm. And then all you're going to do is rest your knife up against that wall, up against your knuckles, and then cut down, slice right. down. And you just keep on feeling your way through and then just cut them however you want. Um, I like to do slices. Whatever you feel works for you, that's how you're going to do it. Uh, and then you're just keeping your fingers safe. Yes. Right? So the next oven. So making a stove accessible. And I get this question a lot. So if you haven't heard of them, they're called like bump dots. So they're raised stickers that are like little dots. And then what... I suggest doing is ask for assistance just to help you identify the settings that you want to mark out on the stove. Right. So it could be right. So the temperatures that are most 350 used often or for, something like that. Correct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. 350. Or if you always want to keep your burner on like a medium low heat, if that's what you're more comfortable with, mark it there. So this one, when you turn on your, your um, element, you know exactly where to turn it. And then from this point on, you're on your own. You're completely independent. Mm-hmm. Um, There's lots of different sizes too, Mary, and shapes and yeah. textures now. Things that feel more like velvet versus plastic. Um, square. Square and round, exactly. Small and bigger bump dots. So you can go ham. Well, and <laughs> Exactly. I think, I think that's so important because it's a really great point because so many people have maybe issues with their fingertips if you have neuropathies or something like that or just that being able to tell the difference depending on the type of stove well i've done this where i've marked you know six things on the the oven surface where it's kind of like the touch screen scenario it's not really touch screen but it's such you know so smooth you can't feel it anyways i mark like six things and i go what is this again what is that again and then i'm calling everybody back because i'm like i forgot is this a start button or the bake button so you can even use you know triangle shape to mark arrows versus square to mark mm-hmm. stop and start. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's perfect. That's a perfect, perfect plan because, it, I mean, at the beginning, you were only finding like these little circular bump dots, mm-hmm. right? And then now, like you said, there are just so many different shapes. And then what else I found, um, do you know uh, carpet tape? So carpet once you yes. have carpet, yeah. 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 yeah, that's helpful as well. Right. If you want to cut like a strip of it and then just... Yeah. Stick it on somewhere it where, on you know, there. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Carpet tape helps as well. How about filling a pot with water, right? You're going to use your finger for that. Place it over the rim of the cool pot, pour your liquid in. And then when the liquid covers, now I either say your first knuckle or the tip, you want to stop pouring because you want to leave that inch or so at the top of the pot free of liquid. So if it starts boiling, you don't want it to boil over. Mm. There are, Many ways, but this is one that's just quick. You don't need anything, just your fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say, right? there's all these things like liquid level indicators. But if you're just Absolutely. starting out or yeah. like you said, Mary, over the years, your vision is changing. You're not exactly sure. This is a really just quick way to keep posted. 
And so, and, and exactly. Merit, with that being said, filling it, and I think sometimes the biggest issue we have is that transfer to, if you're going to boil it, to the stove uh, to, on exactly. top of the, it, it, and that inch is, is, can be a godsend because, you know, like you said, if vision changes, your, your, mm-hmm. what you consider balanced may not be. Exactly. And that's why I also recommend getting a deeper pot. Like yeah. use a pot to fry in. Because the sides of this pot, they're so high that it, it helps with spatter and yep. it keeps your food contained in the pot. For no sure. one's telling you you have to use a frying pan. Exactly. No. It's just the element. It's the space that you're using. So it, utilize other. And what I love about all these is that we're utilizing other kitchen utensils or kitchen appliances in ways that will suit and benefit and help us. Mm-hmm which is what I love about this. And the reason why I suggest using your fingers is because I want everyone to get familiar as to the textures of things, um, the sounds in the kitchen, the scents in the kitchen. And by using your hands, it's also a textural thing so you can understand what that feels like. Yeah. So by using a level indicator, right, it, you're relying on something else to tell you. Mm-hmm. So this, again, puts that independence back in your in your hands, basically. Yeah. And uh, right. So then even boiling water. This one I thought was pretty cool. Um, it's use a circular water boil indicator. And what that is, it's just a little round disc that you place inside the pot, pour your water in. And then when the pot starts to boil, the boil indicator will rattle. Yep. Right. Which tells you that the water's boiling. You can add your ingredients after that. Love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. simple, right? So simple. And it's and actually, it's if you have. think about it, it's, it's a technique that I use to know when other things are boiling, when your pasta is boiling, when your whatever is boiling, you can hear it, you you, can. but Everything. when it's just water, you may not be able to, like you have to pay much more attention to know that right. water alone has started boiling. The eggs that, are just yes. wonderful way eggs, of, you yeah. know, because you can hear that they so rattle, clearly. Yeah. But as you say, it's that distinct sound change. Exactly. And then speaking of eggs, boiling eggs, right? Again, we're using other... Um, I was going to say uten- yeah, other utensils from the kitchen as a, as a different purpose. Mm-hmm. So right. you know the deep fryer baskets? So like these little wire baskets with a handle on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These you can pick up anywhere. They even have them at the dollar store. They have them everywhere. And all you do is you pick up a small one, place your eggs inside, and then you place that basket and you lower that into, into the, the pot. pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this way, when the eggs boil, desired doneness, whatever you want, you grab that handle, lift it out. Nice. And you have your eggs there. And you don't have to go searching because that was one thing I was trying to find the eggs. is such a pain. Yeah. yeah. Um, Using right? something to scoop them out. And then <laughs> right? you're still helping with your hand. And, oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, yeah. to get it. Exactly. And then, you know, you're peeling work. Yeah. Right. And then those little buggers, just they, they scooch around that pot. Yes. So this keeps them all in one place. Another thing for boiling eggs, um, my little tip is I like my eggs a little jammy. So, and the reason why I use the basket or suggest using a basket or even a slotted spoon to lower them in, mm-hmm. if that helps, I boil the water and then I add my eggs to that water and then I cook them or boil them for about six and a half minutes. It gives you the perfect jammy egg. If that's your jam. I was going to do Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like the build-up, right, to the joke. I was and it's... Say, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going, Mayor? Where are you going? Oh, yeah, she went there. Oh, you hear that thump? That's my mic dropping. Yeah, talking away. <laughs> so next, let's talk about pouring liquid ingredients like sauces or even like vanilla extract. If you're baking into into a pan, uh, into a bowl, if you're making even rice, do you want to add soy sauce to it? 
Remove the lid from the soy sauce. Place your fingers, like your index finger and your middle finger, right over top that opening, the bottle opening. And there's a little slit in between. Just leave a little, little slight opening. And then when you pour it over, it'll pour through that little slot, that little slit. Um, and you can then gauge and determine the amount mm. of liquid and control the amount of liquid that you are pouring into something, into the dish. Um, or it, just it, this way, it's just easy. You can actually feel it going through your fingers. Yep. And if you want to stop, move it. You have that control just to move your finger just that little bit and then open it up again. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's that stopper. So you're in control of that. And just a prequel to that tip is to actually find out what kind of opening your your bottles have. Because the amount of times that I've poured in too much, just assuming that it was going to be more of that like a squeeze hole. or a tiny hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo. And the experiment I've done with, it with hot vanilla. sauces. Oh, <laughs> hot sauces oh my God. Worse. There were hot sauce dishes that I did not plan for. Yeah. <laughs> They weren't designed to be hot, just like Mary's yeah, wasn't planned to be so vanilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, placing pot, a pot on the stove top. So you want to do this with the heat off. And I know, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are going to laugh, but definitely heat off because you're going to use your hand to feel along the stove to touch those, the grates of the stove to find the center of that burner. And then you're going to place the pot right on top, right at the center where the flame will be. And then that's where you can, then you can turn the flame on, the element mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But always do it with a cold surface at the beginning. So Mary, for people saying, what about the glass tops? What about, and again, I, I think, you know, if somebody can see enough, obviously you can sort of see that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you can't, you almost estimate where it should Same be again yeah. off. Exactly. Right? Because of that position. That's the most help we really can give yeah. anyone with that, you know, to get it centered enough. Or even with the glass top, use your hand as a thermometer, not to place it on top, no. right. but you hover, hover. over top yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll to feel that, that heat. heat. Spot, right. Yeah. And go for the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can feel like, especially with smaller pots, you can, uh, and again, not feel tactilely, but just by no, hovering but over mm-hmm. how much right. heat is escaping through the sides, you know, between yeah. where the burner is and where, how small your pot is. Um, and you can really tell, especially if your pot's not centered. And your pot itself yes. even... When you put it on, you can have a perspective of how big a burner should be, but in, in reference yeah. to the si- edges, the sides, you, you know, you're working in a corner of the stove. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of logic that you can use, but I know for a lot of people, it's it's incredibly frightening because everybody does it the other way, puts the heat on, and oh my goodness, yeah. what am I doing? And you got to get comfortable, as Mary says, and you know, as, as ironic as it is that you're using your hands to make sure you're on the right part of the stove, mm-hmm. um, it is the best way because you're not going to get that same kind of familiarity if you're using oven mitts, you know? So no that's way. why I work on the cold surface first. Yeah. Yeah, and especially if you're going into a new kitchen. Yeah. Um, get familiarize yourself with the kitchen right off the top, because the, once you get that level of comfort that you know where things are and you're confident in that cooking is nothing after that, mm-hmm. you'll even forget about that flame. Yeah. You'll forget about, you know, the knife. Well, it's not just frightened of it. Like a lot of exactly. times people are scared of heat or, or knives or something. Exactly. I mean, and then we, oh, we go to like protein thermometers. You want to get a talking thermometer. I love mine. It's great. Uh, you can get them anywhere. Manual food choppers. There's the handheld ones that you can buy um, that fit in the palm of your hands. You can chop up garlic, whatever you want. 
Um, there's the larger ones, which have the Tupperware kind of feel to it, where you have a great chopping grate on top. Mm-hmm. The lid kind of slaps down on it, pushes the vegetables through mm-hmm. and dices everything for you. Um, it, it, I mean, if you haven't guessed everything, really get comfortable with your food. We're going to use our hands for almost everything. Uh, and, and as a guide for everything. Recipes. This one's more- yes, recipes. Yeah. You got it. Right? I'm, I'm so, curious like, about making recipes accessible, and I guess it's also, you know, your own personal, uh, like where you're at with your vision and such, but some ideas. Yeah, so with recipes, there are a few ways. So we can always, we have our Google Home, which I adore my Google um, Alexa, whatever your device is there. It is so helpful when you're cooking in the kitchen. I use it for so many things. It reads recipes. It converts ingredients for me. You can stop it, go, uh, repeat. There is also an app that I adore because I love cookbooks and I have a whole slew of cookbooks. But some of the recipes, I mean, let's be honest, I, at this point, if it's not dark enough for me, I won't see it. And when they use that lovely italic um, with the gold writing, I just, I can't make it out. So what helps me is using an app called Seeing AI. Mm -hmm. And it's available to every smartphone. And then you can just take, what it does is it takes a picture of that sheet of that recipe, let's say, on your smartphone. And then the page, the actual app turns it into like a, a an accessible document where you can use a screen reader and the screen reader follows the recipe and reads it out to you. Yeah. So you so, don't have to get rid of those cookbooks. So fun, Mary. And we're going to have to pause there, but hopefully we can do a part two with you. Do you want to end off telling us what's the uh, latest on Kitchen Confession podcast out today? Absolutely. Out today. Craft Brewing with Old Flame Brewmaster Richard Park. Say that three times. Um, After getting (laughs) a world-class education in brewing from Labatt, Richard Park teamed up with Old Flame Brewing founder. um, And at Old Flame, they took this business, they started building on that, and they opened up um, in an old carriage works factory in Port Perry. They revitalized Newmarket's Main Street Fire Hall. They turned that into a brewery. And now they're coming home to Toronto's distillery district. And then Richard takes us on a tour of their facilities, tells us about the traditional German heirloom lagers and experimental sour ales that are up on tap this season. So cool. Okay, looking forward to hearing that conversation with you and him, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mary Mamaliti of KitchenConfession.com, which is where you can go for all the recipes and discussions and the podcast. We will return in a moment. Still a little bit more of the program left. We'll tell you what's coming up on Thursday. Wow, rum. Already. Thursday edition of Kelly and Company. And we'll take a peek at what the gang has in store for you over on AMI-tv with uh, now with Dave Brown. After this. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.